And so, you know, we were able to compromise on that and make it look real. But I think the biggest thing that helped us out is sound effects. Because, right. you know, again, if you watch well, the film, you're hearing yeah. all these pow, 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 smash, two. <laughs> yeah. In three, two, one, action. Welcome, I'm Tess. And I'm Chris. And this is Fade In, a show where we talk about the movies we love and the movies we make. On today's show, we're going to be talking about choreographing a fight scene for film and how we worked it into our most recent film story. But first, we have a new segment called What Are You Watching? Where we ask each other what film, TV show, podcast, etc. has stuck with us for the past week or so. Did we mention what this podcast is about? I did. I okay. said our new logline. I'm not paying attention to that. <laughs> we totally talked about this for 15 minutes beforehand, working it down from the most confusing three-sentence yeah. jargon down to like one sentence, and we, I must have said it too fast. We reduced uh, <laughs> our sentence that used the word film 45 times to 43 times. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I even wrote a joke for Chris to, to uh, give me a hard time for the amount of times I put film into the logline. Mm-hmm. But then we completely eliminated it. Yeah, because I said, no, I don't write my jokes. I just say them and then regret them. You outsource them to people and make them for you. I outsource them to my brain at the spot, and it's always a bad decision. Always. (laughs) So, Chris, uh, what have you been watching this week? Um, I went to see Baby Driver. Um, I don't know when this episode is coming out, so I don't know how far that is from the release of Baby Driver, but... Mm-hmm. At the time of the recording, it's pretty recent. It's only been out for like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more like two weeks. Uh, anyway, I went to see it. So some people are hailing this as like incredible, a masterpiece, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. I wouldn't quite go that far. It's slightly overhyped, but just slightly. The thing I loved about it is it has a very unique perspective. It's, excuse me, uh, it <laughs> bends. Uh, we just had lunch a while ago, so... <laughs> Uh, I turned away earlier to burp. I was hoping nobody would hear it, but yeah, now we're even. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the thing when you're when you're talking about a movie you watch. There's no like going around it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the thing I love about it is it, it bends genres. It's an action movie and a musical at the same time, like yeah. sort of speaking, but it, also not. How did I? I have not seen the film. I've only seen the trailer, and I mean, it looks dope. It's got mm-hmm. you know the president of the United States. Uh, what's his name? Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, the guy, Spacey, thank you. I was about to say Bacon, and that was wrong. Um, Kevin Bacon, it's got Jamie Foxx, and... um, Those are, by the way, two of the best last names for any actors. Like, Spacey Spacey just sounds amazing, and then, like, Kevin Bacon is, like, you know, like, there's there's no topping that. Humanity has peaked with that name. Yeah, you can really go deep with the memes and the the puns, and it's just, like, and nobody's going to forget that. Um, but I mean, Baby Driver looks incredible mm-hmm. in terms of, I have not yet seen it. So this right. is all a new information for me, but what, from what I know, it's, I didn't realize it was a musical. I don't, I don't know what you mean by that. So not in the traditional sense of the word, it's technically a musical, but also not. So what I mean by that, the whole movie is on the beat, uh, the cuts, the action, the car chases, not just the car chases as like the cutting, but like the car swerves and makes a turn on beat and stuff like that. Um, 
It's really cool. And there's also like multiple times, and this is the coolest thing in the world. Um, they have they have a moment where the car drifts, does a hundred eighty degree turn, then like starts backing up, backs up around some cars, and then completes its drift, turning a full three sixty, and then goes forward and keeps going. And that is the coolest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> um, it's it's absolutely incredible, and I can only imagine the guy who remote controlled that car must have been have been having a lot of fun. I don't know. You you think they didn't have like a stunt driver for that? Well, there's two ways to do it. So I went to see, I I went to like an exhibition of car stunts at like Universal Studios, and basically they have they have two ways to do. It. They have cars that are built backwards, where the inside of the car is normal, but the exterior is flipped, so the wheel is at at the trunk. Oh, snap. So you can make it look like you're doing cool tricks backwards, but the stunt driver is just driving normally, <laughs> making it look like it's backwards. Um, and they also have real life-sized cars that are just straight-up remote-controlled, um, oh, wow. I guess, okay. for safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's weird seeing a guy with a, with a large controller, but it's a real life-sized car that he's like... Controlling like an RC car, and I'm just like, this doesn't feel safe. No, it doesn't. If, um, thing, if that thing goes out of range or but something, it, it's probably safer than him being in the car, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it has cool action scenes. But what I love about it is Edgar Wright is just really good at visual comedy. There's a lot of use of perspective of the camera. Like, there's a song with a trumpet interlude, and the main character is like in front of like a music shop, and behind him is a trumpet. And he like pretends in the air to play the trumpet, but from the angle of the camera, like the trumpet is right behind his hand, so it sort of sort of looks like he's playing the trumpet, which is really cool. Uh, they also do a bunch of cool things with hearing because the main character has tinnitus, and so oh, that's in the trailer. That's yeah, the trailer. so but the way they use it is every time he doesn't have headphones plugged in, you don't hear the music; you only hear it when he hears it, and most of the time when when he he's not listening to music you as the audience can hear the tinnitus so there's like a low screech yeah, like a yeah. Mm, kind of thing mm-hmm. playing we should just and it's like really annoying <laughs> um yeah through the whole one hour podcast oh no oh no it, it's already annoying and it's been two seconds yeah, yeah 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 so like that's that's really cool like the way they deal with music is super dope yeah. Uh, there's also like some cool scenes where the main character takes parts of the dialogue that have been said earlier in the film and remixes them in the movie into his own music, um, and it's it's really fun because like he takes Kevin Spacey's lines that he says like really seriously as a as like a crime boss and turns them into like a hip hop song or something. Nice. It's really nice. fun. I will say this this last thing about uh, Baby Driver. I mean, as somebody who's not seen it, kind of reminds me of like if you were to mash the Fast and the Furious with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and what they do with right. the music in Guardians of the Galaxy. It yeah. kind of is what. So it's like it seems like if if you like either of those films and yeah. you like Kevin Spacey, it's the fun <laughs> of Guardians mixed with the action of Fast and Furious. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's an accurate assessment. Hopefully, there won't be eight Baby Driver movies. No, I don't think Edgar Wright's that kind of guy. I don't think, I don't believe, and don't quote me on this, I don't believe he's ever made a sequel to any of his films, but all of them are incredible. Hot Fuzz mm-hmm. is 
the best. Uh, yeah, that's it for Baby Driver. So, Tess, <laughs> uh, since you're not so quietly suggesting me to ask you, what have you been watching? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm a little, I feel a little guilty about this. Um, for myself, not guilt put on me by anybody mm-hmm. else, uh, quite yet. But, um, I last night almost finished the most recent season of The Big Bang Theory. I wanted to. I I've been oh, watching. <laughs> I've been watching it since the beginning, and I'm just one of those. I mean, it kind of. It feels like they're preparing like Penny and Leonard to break up and they're preparing Sheldon and Amy to break up. And it's like because there's nothing else for them to do, like they already have them all coupled up. They already have Mm -hmm. a baby. And it's like, okay, now the writers are getting tired and lazy. That's kind of what it feels like. And I honestly have they ever not been tired and lazy. (laughs) Has that show ever been good? I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it was it was a novelty back in the day. Like when it, it's 10 seasons in, I thought it was mm-hmm. going to end several seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be canceled season one because it's a terrible show. You don't like it. I at saw all. half an episode and I was like, I don't understand who keeps paying these people <laughs> for what reason. I'm not like saying like the acting is OK, but the writing just makes my ears bleed like. These are like, these are like, what I hate the most about the Big Bang Theory is. (laughs) We have now launched into why Chris hates the thing that I'm watching. Uh, Welcome to the the Big Bang Theory Can Go Fuck Itself podcast. Oh, now Um, we got to put the explicit on the podcast. Yeah. um, (laughs) What I hate that it always goes for the long hanging fruit. Like it's, it has smart characters, but it's a dumb show. Okay. I can, I can see that. I. I think, yeah. honestly, I, I, I think I agree with you. And at this point, I'm just watching it because yeah. I, I want to finish it. Like, I, wanna, I need to finish like, what I started. I kind of, just to prove a point, want to take just a random episode and replace all of Sheldon's lines with, well, but I'm smart. <laughs> that's all it is. Every time. Like, that's all of his comebacks are, well, but did you know this fact? Huh, I'm smart. I and then there's know. like an audience l- 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 like that, like laugh, laugh, track. Su- laugh track superimposed. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. we, okay. I mean, they do, they do, to be fair, they do record in front of a live studio audience. Right. And um, the characters have developed significantly, especially Sheldon, um, mm-hmm. over 10 seasons. However, I, because he's not changed significantly, like he's changed in a way that he's opened up to having a partner, like a love interest and everything. But in reality, like he's the most annoying human being on the planet. He's the most needy adult on the planet. Yeah. He won't drive. He only likes trains and science and he's not romantic in any way. And his girlfriend wants to be romantic. It's like in real life, none of these people would still be his friend. None of yeah. these people would still take care of him. And this girl who's like, who herself is quite intelligent and supports herself, uh, Amy Farrah Fowler, would not be with him because she's not satisfying his needs like in real life I, or the other way around. She, he's not satisfying her needs mm. in the real way that she wants him to. So it's, it's a lot of suspensive disbelief and kind of become in a way like really he's not changed at all. But, and like you right. guys are still hanging out with him. Like <laughs> nobody would want yeah. him. <laughs> it's almost like the show hasn't changed at all. And television has evolved. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like yeah. how can you do 10 seasons of a show without changing the characters? Yeah. 
Like, yeah, yeah it's, it just doesn't make sense to me. Who watches that show? Like, even um, on, um, yeah, I watch that show, Chris. And yeah. I think we've concluded Do you that. you hate yourself? <laughs> Why? Am I a masochist? Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like I, I will say the last thing I'll say about it is that um, at this point, it kind of feels like a chore. But I feel like I need to finish what I started. On the other hand, I stopped watching Game of Thrones. I'm going to because... hold on. I'm just going to drop something really quick on you. You don't. You don't have to finish it. <laughs> I you, feel I know. You know, I know. Sometimes it's OK to say enough is enough. With I can't take this anymore. For me, that happened uh, roughly seven and a half minutes into one episode that I randomly catched. I said enough is enough. I'm flipping the channel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I know. But for I. I, and I've never looked back. <laughs> it's great. I will say I have done that with other shows like Game of Thrones. I think I watched the first four seasons and I was like, you know what? This is too much. It's an hour long instead of 20 minutes. And it's a lot of people, a lot of characters. It's too many stories. Half the people, I don't know their real names. I know like what their yeah. character relation is to somebody else. And that's, it was just too much. So I did do that with that kind of show and The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, I was like, when did dude, you- in real life, you guys would all have been dead a long time ago. When did you quit <laughs> Game of Thrones real quick? End of season four, probably. Okay. Yeah. So like, I mean, Game of Thrones, I respect it for what it is. I, I stopped midway through season two. Not because I didn't like it. I think that show does great things than one of the one of the coolest things it did in changing the game for television was that any character dying was fair game all of a sudden. You didn't have this feeling of like, oh, they're not going to kill off the main character. They totally could. Uh, we're not going to give you any safety net. Everything is fair game. Yeah. Because we have such a big world that that's fair. And I respect that. I just, for me, I got into Game of Thrones. I started watching season one once there were already six seasons and mm. it's just too intimidating for me to make the time commitment. I know that show is great and I should watch it. <laughs> I just, I can't, I don't have that many hours. It's too much. It's, it's too much. It's a lot of time. And, um, it's, it's really well done. Like they right. make a lot of, a lot of money. And, and I will say that they are pulling from original content. They're pulling from J.R. Martin's, uh, books. Mm-hmm. Although they do deviate from the books at times, so they well, have that option. Well, now they've surpassed the books. Right, Like, right. there was it's that point slow. where all the... <laughs> He's where, writing too slow now. <laughs> yeah, there's that point where all the Game of Thrones forums were like, all right, in the past, we've had no no book spoilers for the show. Now, no show spoilers for the books. Right. <laughs> like, everybody had to be like, all right, flip it. <laughs> yeah, we're not saying anything. But, um... So other than uh, than uh, the Big Bang Theory trying to finish that, the only other thing that I really uh, that really stuck with me the last uh, couple of weeks that I saw um, because I didn't like it and I was severely disappointed was um, Planet of the Apes or the War War for war. the Planet of the Apes yeah. or whatever. I don't even know the words. The opening is like a paragraph of mm-hmm. if you didn't see the other movies, this is what happened in the other movie, right? And then they kind of they get did the into... whole thing where the titles of the last movies fade in Correct. and out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In, like, in association yeah. with that paragraph of information. Yeah. So I recognized that, and all I had, I went in just saying, okay, um, you know, there's apes. One of them can talk. James Franco was there at one point, mm. and then that's about the extent of my information. <laughs> yeah. So, but <laughs> I, I was impressed by the production value of the film. I can like objectively well, that's what say that film does to sell. Yeah, yeah. I can objectively say, like, that's super impressive. All the actors were in Mm -hmm. monkey suits or in their green screen suits. And, like, it obviously took a lot of work to do it. But I was really disappointed. It was a lot of, like, 
you know, I don't, I don't know. It felt like, did you say preachy when we talked about this earlier? I think, um, preachy comes to mind. Well, yeah, I think like they, they, they went too far with humanizing the apes. Well, I think where, the- like the apes, like it almost turned like a war movie where like you just replace the people with apes and they were yeah. playing all the beats like like, oh, the soldier's family was killed or like, yeah. oh, we, we got to relocate. We got to get out of this game. Yeah, and like yeah. all and like we're losing, we're losing like all the war movie beats were played. You just replace the humans with the apes. And it's like, well, if this whole thing is about the apes trying to have their own identity, then like. I don't know, like have them do more than just be in trees. I think I think that makes sense. And and I can see what you're saying. I it reminded me a lot because they end up, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but they end up in what would essentially be a concentration camp. Well, uh, that's a massive H2. spoiler. Okay. Well, <laughs> too bad, guys. The movie's been out for a couple of weeks. Go watch it. Um <laughs> I don't think that's enough time. I mean like <laughs> Well, no, I mean, by the time this gets released, it'll be longer. Yeah, okay. Know? We're not going to okay. release this tomorrow. But um, it, it, spoilers for those who haven't seen it. We're going to mm-hmm. spoil the whole thing right now. They end up in a concentration camp. And it feels like you saying that it feels like they replaced the apes or the humans with apes in a war mm-hmm. story. It feels just like uh, World War II Jewish people. So right. Jewish people going to concentration camps having to carry heavy rocks and then they don't feed them. Right. and then And then they literally... Yeah. Uh, massive spoiler they literally like skip forward two minutes if you want they literally like escape through a tunnel <laughs> yes yeah so they like threw a little bit of like civil war yeah america in there. It's, <laughs> it's like the the thing that frustrates me is like it, it just doesn't work for me i just feel like the uh, initial pitch of the idea that a bunch of apes get intelligence and start to rise up for themselves. Well, it's a disease. That's what they well, end up starting well, as. It's yeah, a disease but, that makes the apes able to But the to disease is just a scapegoat for them to say, well, now apes are like humans. But like, in this film, another the huge spoiler well, right. is that... Let's, the, let's hold on. Save that yeah. for a second. Okay. The, the thing for me with that is like that the premise of, of these movies is inherently silly. So yeah. it doesn't jive with me when the whole movie is trying to be like a serious war movie, trying to get you to connect with the characters. Mm-hmm. It's like you could have more fun with it. I think the whole point of the the film is, well, in this film, the huge spoiler mm-hmm. is that, uh, the, well, in the initial film, there was a disease or evolution or something caused the apes to be able to talk. Right. Speak, speak English and speak other languages and have cognitive abilities similar to humans. And in this film, there a new disease is introduced that reverts humans back to ape-like uh, mindsets. They can't right. speak. They can't have cog- They don't have much cognitive ability past what like your house like dog, like a three-year-old, like a three-year-old. Because like you can train a, a current, like in our real life, you can train a chimpanzee to juggle or something. You know what I mean? Like well, you can, you train can teach somebody. them sign. You can teach them sign. Yeah, and so. Um, you know, that's where apes are in real life, and that's kind of where they had humans reverting to in this course, film. because we're all the same on the inside. Get it? Yeah. Get it? Yeah, that's why it felt a little preachy, because it was very much like the apes are now the intelligent species, and we are now right. going to dumb ourselves out of existence. 
And it kind of felt like, like I would have. What much, are you trying to say? What, yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to say, man? <laughs> like the thing, the thing I like, and I wish they leaned more into it is like humans nuking themselves. That even though the apes are losing, they win because humans destroy themselves. Yeah. That like I left the movie being like, that was really cool. Why didn't you do more of that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. So we were severely disappointed. Is the point. Anyway, we're we're running late, and we have to get to a, a main segment today. Yeah. Uh, the uh, we're talking about fight sequences in film, how specifically choreographing them and how they work. Because um, we're we recently uh, did a film for the forty eight hour film project in New Haven, um, and we the genre that we had to make was a martial arts film. So we're going to talk about the challenge and the joy, but mostly the challenge of uh, choreographing a fight scene for film. The tears, tears, and the tears. And the and the tired, tired head bobbing when yeah. you when you do that yeah. falling asleep thing and you realize you're falling asleep and your head jerks back up and you get whiplash from it. That was right. rampant. R- ramp- rampant. That makes sense. My favorite part was when I wanted to really fall asleep, but I had to hold the light up. <laughs> <laughs> We did tell you to go take a nap. <laughs> no, nah, that doesn't that doesn't work. Well, I wanted to be there for all the moments. Um, you could, you and could. then that was a stupid decision <laughs> because then I was half there and half not. No. So for our audience, um, we made a film called House of Fury, which uh, if you're hearing this uh, now, by the time this gets released, it is on our YouTube page, Connecticut Filmworks. And I would suggest you pause the, this this podcast, go watch it. It's like seven minutes long. It's not it's not bad at all. And it's it's a barrel and a half of laughs and and a lot of um, green screen for a fight scene. And um, we had to incorporate a fight scene because we picked martial arts and uh, we did not get to the filming of said fight scene until about I want to say ten p.m. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And um, there are pictures on our Facebook page from. Um, the weekend, the last weekend in July of this year of Dave trying to choreograph with you the the fight scene for this film between uh, Yuval and and Babs. And neither of them uh, had really done this kind of fighting before. Uh, Yuval said he has some fight experience and was quite vocal about the safety of the fight. When yeah. you punch, when you fake punch, apparently you have to be about a foot away from the other person's face when you punch. But at the same time, your cameraman is telling you, I can see that you're missing their face. Well, we were we were using perspective. But hold on. Let's yeah. back a bit. Back up a bit. Sure. When so so they assign you a genre and some elements just in case you're not familiar with 48. And then you do those and you have to write, shoot, edit, submit in 48 hours. That's well, sort of like You can't write premise. anything ahead of time. The right. only thing you can do is is grab your cast, your crew and a location. And that's right. that's and, it. And that and the gear. Yeah. That's um, all you get. But so, but our group ended up having either musical or a martial arts film. That was our choice of genres, one or the other, not both. <laughs> and um, so we ended up obviously picking martial arts film because we didn't want to go through music rights hell. But sort of, there was a collective spiritual sigh. Oh no! Like this is it. Like we we're not gonna make it out of this alive. Like how do we? <laughs> do this yeah so the script took a long time to finish so like everything was pushed a bunch so we were like 
shotless thing at two in the morning and <laughs> shooting until two in the morning the next Literally, night. Literally, yeah. Like, boy, did I want to die. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the the hardest like <laughs> we spent the first night watching cheesy seventies Bruce Lee movies yep. and like discovering that none of us had actually ever seen a Bruce Lee movie, yeah. except for Gavin, our grip. He's who like, has seen you, all of them? He's seen all of. He's like, <laughs> like I know which one that scene's he, from. <laughs> he watched enough Bruce movies for all of us, so yeah. he was kind of our saving grace. Um, and yeah, so so we we sort of the way we tackled the fight scene, which was the centerpiece of this short, was we literally looked at every shot from sections of different Bruce Lee fights, and just sort of said, "All right." We're going to copy these shots exactly from here and these shots. Uh, I mean, take inspiration from uh, these shots and these shots. And then we basically like copied it shot by shot, the choreography mm-hmm. and like tweaked some of the framing to fit the location and stuff, yeah. stuff like that. I thought that was really smart. I um, wasn't in, in that decision making process, but I yeah. thought that like. If you had tried to figure out the choreography from scratch, right. I mean, we didn't. If you watch the film. We severely insulted real martial artists uh, so bad. Well, that was kind of the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be like, it's never said in the film that these people have martial arts training. <laughs> no. They just sort of get into a fight. There should be disclaimers. Somehow so, they get into a fight where they can fly across the kitchen. No big deal. Yeah. Through the, mm. through the magic of editing, yeah, they uh, they're basically superheroes. Yeah, yeah, that's I think I think that's the biggest takeaway for <laughs> for yeah. us. But um, speaking of editing, I think one of the big things we had to worry about in the choreography of it, uh, which I kind of mentioned before mm-hmm. about Yuval and his safety police. Yuval's the the lead actor. Um, the safety police he became in terms of combat. Mm-hmm. He was saying, you know, you need to, if you're going to swing your arm, you need to swing it far away from the person you're actually going right, to pretend to be hitting. And so, you know, we were able to compromise on that and make it look real. But I think the biggest thing that helped us out and that that matters in a combat scene right. is sound effects. Because, right. you know, again, if you watch well, the film, you're hearing yeah. all these pow, 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 smash, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, like this whole movie was sort of thought up to be held by the perspective, by the cuts and the sound effects. Mm-hmm. And so just to be cl- so I was director of photography and test produced it. Yep. Uh, and so for, for me, the big challenge was like how to make it realistic. So like we made a lot of decisions. We we're like, all right, a lot of it's going to be handheld so that we have a little bit of shakiness, actiony. Um, we dropped the frame rate a little bit so that you have a little bit of motion blur. So it's like, gnarlier i guess <laughs> um and 100 <laughs> percent. and like what we really leveraged the most was perspective so there were shots where uh, that are point of view from the characters so you can you can have the actor just punch towards the camera up like up close to the camera and it will seem like they're punching each other or you can if if you back the camera far away mm-hmm. and zoom all the way in, it, it squashes the depth. Mm-hmm. So you can have actors that are f- three feet apart. And if your camera is 10 feet away and they punch each other, it looks like they're hitting each other. Wow. Because it looks like they're right next to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, it, yeah, it squashes everything together. 
So that's sort of like the main thing we used to our advantage. So every hit, there's actually like three feet of space between the people. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe two feet. Yeah. But uh, because like the the locations weren't that big, but. Mm. Uh, but the necessity of a lot of tricks. Yes, it's a lot of to get that movie to really. Or we learned a lot about getting a combat scene to actually work on screen, and and I think it was very apparent too when we went to the screening, the forty eight hour uh, film project screening, um, the following week, um, where they showed all the films from mm-hmm. that uh, year submissions. There was another group that had uh, some guy pun. It was like one punch in the film. But he goes to punch the guy in the face, and not only can you see that he didn't actually hit him, there's no sound effect. So it was like, I thought the character had missed, and that mm-hmm. was the point of the scene. But then he was like, oh, my eye, like, and had beans on his face the rest of the, like, green beans in a bag on his yeah. face the rest of the film. And I'm like, wait, what? He hit it's, him? Like, when was that? It's funny, because I thought, oh, no, they forgot to put the, the sound, sound effects. <laughs> Yeah, I like immediately got sweaty for the other filmmakers, because um, like that be that that was my nightmare come to life. There was also like a point. I don't know if it's the same movie. There was there was a point in one other movie where a character throws another character over like basically a cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's no it's sound. The same movie. There, yeah. yeah, there's no sound of them being thrown over the cliff. You just disappear into the air. Yeah. Um, which visually is fine, but because there's no sound, you're just like, whoa, this really brutal thing just happened, but there was no sound. <laughs> How are they it. still, are they still falling? How yeah. high are they? <laughs> and, and like, I was also like, it like took the impact of it out of me. Like visually it made me really like connect with the characters, but then because of the lack of sound, uh, I was sort of just like left, like really confused. You you cannot underestimate the power of sound effects and music in your film. We learned this last year when we didn't have proper music and we didn't get picked for anything. Yeah. Um, even like my professors in college, uh, like would tell me like every time you go to a to like a test screening when you're making a movie on any scale, it feels weird because the music isn't in it yet. And you're just like, this is How am so I supposed weird. to feel in this yeah. moment? Yeah, you have no idea like, how. It yeah. just doesn't feel like a movie until yeah. you have the score. I would say, I, the last thing I want to say on this is that our our score, picked out by our editor, Evan Olson, who was the first time we worked with MVP. him for this. He's the MVP of our damn shoot. Uh, yeah. Look him up, guys. Um, but don't take him from us because we love him. Yeah. And uh, he picked out, while we were shooting, he did editing. He grabbed every scene uh, as we were finishing it. We handed off the footage. And uh, in the morning, he was, like, looking up songs and then music and, to really drive the film. And what he picked, I mean, is so campy and so kung fu mm. And it just, like, really sets the mood. And you're like, yes, I'm into this. Like, I'm invested in this seven-minute thing. <laughs> like, it just fits it so well. Mm-hmm. And it really, like, if we didn't have it, it's like, right. I don't know how I would feel. Like, it'd be like, oh, they're fighting. Call, call, boom, punch, 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 punch. Okay. You know, like, but it really amps up the film. And, and it's mm-hmm. very, very important. And, like, the, I guess the last thing for me I wanted to mention is uh, about the music is there. There is, like, you do have to sort of slowly build the music. Like, a lot of the films that we saw um, started with like almost the blasting score, which is like very jarring. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I I don't know, like that just didn't work with me. Whereas like for for us, like Evan made a great conscious choice to start with like a almost jazzy upbeat tune, yeah, which yeah, yeah. fits the scene but isn't overwhelming, so yeah. to speak. And it also is kind of a a, a trick a little bit or um a bait and switch because you at first think it's very like uh normal and then all of a sudden it's like yeah you know and it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun but um if if you like what we've been talking about in terms of uh hearing about a kung fu movie as i said it's on our youtube page connecticut filmworks it's house of fury did we ever explain the plot I don't think we should. I think we should let people get surprised. It's okay. seven minutes of fun and kung fu and driving music and hilarious yeah. sound effects. I think they'll like it. It's a lot of fun. Inspired by 70s Bruce Lee movies. <laughs> exactly. Um, so if you like it, it's there on our YouTube page, Connecticut Filmworks. You can also find all the behind the scenes photographs from that shoot and all of our other uh, all of our other shoots on our Facebook page. Also, Connecticut Filmworks. Yeah. Connecticut, one word, Filmworks, second word. There's links in the show notes for all this. There will be links in the show notes. And um, if you like hearing our voices, uh, we this is season two, so you can go back and listen to all of season one and hear um, Hashtag our, shameless plug. Hashtag shameless plug. Also here on iTunes, um, on the on the podcast app, we have a whole season one. I want to say it's like 20 episodes or something. It's pretty, it's pretty mm-hmm. lengthy. Uh, we have actors. It's like a whole TV show. It might be on the whole season. What? Yeah. Um. So don't worry. Know. It's not a too too big a time commitment. You don't have to watch the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. According to Chris, you could give up in the middle and just start yeah. where you want. Or come just, back to the second season. Or just start with season two. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. But uh, the last thing I want to I want to plug is we've been talking a lot about um uh you know the Bruce Lee clips and finding you know how to do combat scenes and stuff. You want to tell our audience where you found that stuff if they're also interested. I don't know the exact name of the video, but there's a couple of great resources. If you can Google, if you, if you Google how to do a fight scene, there's an article on no film school, which is by the way, the best resource for any filmmakers. Um, There's an article there with a video that kind of showcases really good basics as in how to do the perspective tricks as in, like, how to make a punch feel right, you know? Like, you sort of want to pan with the characters mm-hmm. as they punch so that the camera movement matches the movement of their arm, and that gives it more impact. Like, little mm. things like that it talks about. Um, awesome. Which are, which are really useful and really nice. And it's also, like, very basic, so, like, you could do it with any DSLR. As we um, as we've proved in our own film, any any schmo can can make a literally make if, a fight if scene. We can do it. <laughs> you, you can, can do, do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a great note to end on. Right. So as we said earlier in the show, I'm Tess. I'm Chris. And this was Fade In, and we will see you next time. Have a good week. Oh, processing power. Okay. I have malfunctioned. Brain yeah. malfunctioning. <laughs> this fucking piece of shit hair has been stuck to this pop filter forever. Whose hair is it? I don't know. <laughs> but it's bothering me so much because it's been here. It's been stuck here for weeks.
Why don't you just cut it off? I just did, finally. I was like, it was stuck really hard, so I wasn't able to cut it out. Mm. Anyway. What do you do in your life? <laughs> Your hair gets stuck. Um, okay. The more you know. 